What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And the man across a studio from me is Scott Jason of Fog.net. Scott, how you doing over there? I'm, I'm doing great. Do you want to try that three more times? I can call a timeout, maybe make it back up five yards, try it again, and then, then do no, it once more? No, Holy ghost of Phillip Rivers. The Chargers have choked once again against the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. And I am happy. You can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show. And, of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. No underscores. That's just all characters. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat.com and Fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Fitz, teams usually want to get back on the field after a bad loss, but did K-State benefit from an extra week before opening Big 12 play? Yeah, yeah, you're right. They do want to get back on the field, but K-State really needed another week to gather itself after losing that opener to Arkansas State, and it was... Uh, a game that showed that Kansas State had many flaws early in the season. It really exposed the offensive line, exposed some defensive issues. Um, and as one coach told me this week, we just found so much stuff we had to work on. Thank goodness we had another week to go here. Uh, K-State's got a lot of rough edges. Didn't have spring football, didn't have a lot of their summer program. A lot of programs have gone through that, Scott, but it really seemed to affect Kansas State, uh, unfortunately, for Wildcat fans. And, uh, yeah, trying to get another week here to gather themselves is one thing. The, the big question that we're going to face all season, what does that mean in terms of COVID-19 infections? We might find out early in the week. Um, as it's been interesting, Arkansas State had to cancel their game this past weekend because of COVID-19. So who knows if uh, Kansas State will have enough healthy guys to go to Oklahoma. And how's that for a challenge? Just head off to Oklahoma. <laughs> Look, they, they've got to get this offensive line so much better than what it was. And it's not something you fix in one off week. It's going to have to be gradual. But they had to take a big step forward in kind of securing that offensive line if they want to be able to do anything. And defensively, they got to find a way to be a little less predictable, maybe get some more pressure on the quarterback with four men up front. There's just a myriad of issues. Even special teams weren't quite up to what they normally would like. Uh, so, yeah, Chris Kleiman and his coaching staff had a lot to work on. Uh, but item one, get the running game going. Uh, and I bet you we're going to see a lot of Deuce Vaughn when this team plays next at Oklahoma. Uh, I know he's got a lot of learning to do in the system, 
as a true freshman, but you can't deny the ability in Scott. He was awfully fun to watch, and I think Deuce Vaughn will be a feature of this team heading forward. Well, you kind of hit on something that I think we're going to talk about a lot, not just this week and not just last week, but basically, I mean, as long as this season goes, I'd call this season kind of an imaginary season just yeah. because you never know who are, you know who's going to miss games, which players aren't going to have that practice rhythm. Uh, I think it's fascinating. You look at, you know, what will the numbers be like for Kansas State, maybe more than anything else, uh, and have those numbers been affected in practice? There, there's a lot of interesting stuff going yeah. on that doesn't just have to do with the execution on the field. No, a lot of storylines behind the scenes that we don't normally have. Well, Scott, you've had a week to sit with and analyze the Kansas loss to Coastal Carolina. I hope that went well for you. <laughs> of all the problems the Jayhawks had last week, which is the most fixable? Well, look, we talked about a lot of the negatives, a lot of the, the negatives, the lines, the defense, the inexperience last week. But, you know, when I look at problems that the Jayhawks uh, can improve upon, I, I start with the wide receivers unit that coming into the season, I think a lot of people would have told you they were certainly top three in the Big 12 and, and maybe even number one in terms of depth and returning talent. You had two top five Big 12 returners uh, with Andrew Parchment and Stefan Robinson. Now the math changed a little bit very quickly. Stefan Robinson missed the game. Uh, we don't know why. It could have been a positive COVID test, could have been contact tracing. He was on the did not dress list. So it wasn't, you know, some minor nagging thing that he could try and play, play through. He did not dress. Uh, for this game, but he is expected back following this kind of week off. Uh, Andrew Parchment, last year, something in the range of 800 receiving yards, seven touchdowns, was the deep threat uh, at times for the Kansas offense, although Robinson averaged 17 yards per catch. Uh, Parchment missed two blocks, very uncharacteristic of himself, uh, early in the game, one of which he got blocked back into another key receiver and forced a fumble, forced a turnover, and you know, one of the first highlights you saw that interception bounced off the hands of Lawrence Arnold, the freshman receiver, who normally would be number four, number five on the depth chart, but obviously got moved up because you didn't have Stephon Robinson. And you were also missing your tight end, who is another pass uh, catching target in Jack Luavasa. So that shuffled around the wide receivers. I would grade that unit probably an F for their game performance in that first game. Andrew Parchment made an insanely difficult catch for a touchdown, and yet he said his own performance was an F. I'm guessing a lot of that uh, was because of the team success and, and those missed blocks early. So uh, I look at this big this unit of wide receivers, Kwame Lasseter, Jacolve Williams, you have experience, you have young talent, uh, Luke Grimm's a Kansas City guy we haven't even gotten to see yet, Stephen McBride, a deep threat freshman we haven't gotten to see yet. This receivers unit should elevate the quarterbacks, not crush the quarterbacks, and they certainly crushed the quarterbacks in week one. You know what's been good about the pandemic? Uh, I've been working at home, and most days I'm on the did not dress list. <laughs> it's kind of nice. I was it's, wondering where you were going with that. Nice. I'm glad I'm not at your home. No. Uh, well, add Oklahoma State to the list of Big 12 teams that struggled in its season openers, uh, squeaking out a 16-7 to win over Tulsa. Fitz, what do you make of the Cowboys? Are, are expectations just too high for them? Well, they better get Spencer Sanders healthy at mm -hmm. quarterback because he got dinged up in this game, and Oklahoma State was awfully bad once he left the game. Uh, you know, sometimes you're only as good as your backup quarterback. They went to their third stringer and it got better again. The pandemic makes everything so unpredictable. And how competitive Tulsa was in this game uh, has to make them feel good, but I don't know if it means anything. Uh, you know, I'm trying not to read too much into this because uh, the pandemic is just such a wild card. As, as I said on my site uh, earlier this week or last week, just don't bet on sports right now. I don't bet on college football. It's crazy and you're gonna see blowouts and upsets 
And in my book, this almost fell under the heading of upset, Scott, because mm -hmm. you know, who thought Tulsa would be this competitive against Oklahoma State? But with all that said, Oklahoma State's got to play better than this because I think they can compete for a Big 12 championship as the season progresses. But Scott, not that team. That yeah. team was not very good. Look, Spencer Sanders is not Oklahoma State's best player. He is not their second best player. He's probably not their third best offensive player. But he is their most important offensive player because you can't just hand the ball off 50 times a game if there are going to be 10 guys in the box. Maybe you can. Maybe that gets you by against some opponents. But you get into a shootout against Texas, against Oklahoma, maybe Iowa State. It's not going to fly the same way. And so I think for Oklahoma State, part of it, like you mentioned, the pandemic, part of it not having your quarterback and then your backup quarterback not being very good. And you know what? I've also been watching. You remember miles to go the show before last season. They've been doing it at, at Oklahoma State. I think it's called Our Time. I've been calling it Gundy to go just because I think I like it's funny. It. <laughs> it's a better name, at least my opinion. And, and you've already seen just watching that show, coronavirus uh, interruptions. At one point, the, the main guy filming the show, the cameraman, was exposed to COVID and he had to quarantine. So, I, I mean, you're, you're just seeing... Uh, basically this whole preseason, this whole everything be affected. I'm not putting too much stock into any team's first game. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, but I, I don't trust these teams in their first games. How about mullet over? I think that'd be a good name for that show. <laughs> huh. The poll question is brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Now, a quick look at our poll question results from last week. Well, last week's question was, which Big 12 team suffered the most embarrassing loss to a team in the Sun Belt Conference? We look at the results. Kansas, I thought Kansas was going to win this poll, Fitz. Only 27% of the vote. The Jayhawks were down 28 to nothing in the first half. And uh, I guess only they can't even win this poll. Kansas State, 18%. <laughs> uh, Iowa State... 55%. Yeah, K-Staters ran that pull up on the Cyclones. <laughs> this week's question is this. Do you expect every Big 12 football team, football program, to have at least one game postponed this season and we're off to a strong start? <laughs> Heck, you can count Baylor twice. Yes or no are your answers. Nothing created for C. Yes or no. Mm -hmm. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the drive. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. I just forgot words, Scott. Mm. Words. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Fitz, as you mentioned, life is not easy uh, for K-State really ever in, in this age, but especially <laughs> this week. The Wildcats are going to Oklahoma on Saturday. Fitz, K-State did beat OU last season, but does that mean anything going into this game? Yeah, it means Oklahoma might be mad still. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like I said earlier, I don't know what any of this means in the COVID era. I'm not sure if uh, this is a positive for K-State or a negative. I will say this, that I watched snippets of Oklahoma-Missouri State. 
And a lot of people are taking out a lot of takes from this game that Oklahoma is awfully good and, and the new quarterback, Rattler, is very good. And I'm like, can we slow down here? Yeah, they won 48 to nothing against a team that went 1 and 10 last year and isn't even playing football this <laughs> fall. They're playing three non conference games this fall to get like practice in and some money from Oklahoma. I mean, playing Central Arkansas twice in a, I don't know, it's crazy. I don't know much about Oklahoma. I know K-State struggled. I know that the line is outrageous, and we'll get to that in our picks. Uh, but crowd won't be a factor. Crowd noise won't be a factor. Uh, so this is very interesting to me. K-State has an opportunity here to wipe away everything that went wrong against Arkansas State and throwing it over onto Oklahoma. They probably also have an opportunity by doing that to completely wreck the Big 12 in terms of the playoff now that the Big 10 is going to show up at the last second try to get in on the playoff party. Maybe the Pac-12 would count. Anyhow, I, I'm really interested to see where this heads for K-State. Are they going to be competitive at Oklahoma? It really comes down to those lines, Scott. Can that offensive line hold off Oklahoma? Give Skylar Thompson in the running game enough time to operate? And, and will they just be able to kind of wipe the slate clean and, and come back with a vengeance? Because I feel like they were distracted, no prepared in that opener. It's got to change, man. It's got to change. Yeah, look, I agree with almost everything you said, but with one exception, and that is I believe Spencer Rattler is the, is the truth. Um, I, I watched the very limited action he had last year. Obviously seen his high school film. He's one of the 300 highest rated high school recruits in the history of recruiting rankings on 24-7 sports. And this is a guy who can launch the ball 60 yards without stepping into his throw just by, you know, flicking his wrist and boom, the ball's downfield, perfect spiral, perfect location. Now we'll, we'll see how Kansas State's defensive backs, we'll see how that Kansas State defense reacts. But I think, and this is, call this a hot take, set the screen on fire, whatever. Uh, I, I think he's the best quarterback Oklahoma has had under Lincoln Riley. And that goes back what, at least two Heisman winners and, and other Heisman candidates, I think he is the best passing talent. Uh, I've been amazed by everything I've seen from him. Well, that's, that's good. That doesn't bode well at all for K-State. <laughs> Thanks for the bummer. Well, the Baylor Bears were set to play this week. Heck, they were set to play last week, mm -hmm. and then that was canceled against uh, Louisiana Tech. And then they were supposed to play this week against Houston in a game scheduled like a week prior. That game was, at least until contract tracing reportedly caused the postponement, they, I, you know what? Do you think this helps or hurts the Jayhawks going into the game in Waco next week? There'll be COVID just everywhere, on the walls, on the ground. I don't know, Scott. Well, look, I, there are obviously two ways to look at this. And you could go back to week one and say, how bad was Kansas for a quarterback that Kansas was not prepared for? Right? Grayson McCall, no one knew this guy, the redshirt freshman who had thrown like four passes. No one knew this guy was going to be playing. Kansas was preparing for two different quarterbacks who local media covering Coastal Carolina thought were in the quarterback race. They had no clue. And the guy came out, five touchdowns, looks like a Heisman candidate so if you want to panic there is your reason to panic you have to go back you know way into the history book all of one week to, to find that precedent but I'll say this everyone knows who Baylor's quarterback is going to be it's Charlie Brewer he has shown himself at times to be effective and good at getting the ball out to his weapons and at other times he's looked very human very mortal especially when playing teams that aren't Kansas Kansas traditionally has had horrible a horrible time dealing with Baylor uh, I've covered probably half a dozen games that feel like they've been 65 to 7, 60 to 3, stuff like that, even if those aren't the exact lines. I think it was 60 to 6, um, maybe last year, but 
we've seen so many teams, so many fits come out and just look sloppy. Mm -hmm. Kansas State against Arkansas State. And by, oh, by the way, Arkansas State had played a game before playing Kansas State. You saw the effect yep. of that. Coastal Carolina had 15 spring practices. Kansas, zero. You saw the effect of that early. Kansas was turning the ball over, not because Coastal Carolina was making great plays. Kansas was handing the ball to Coastal Carolina on tips, on fumbles where players run into each other. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma State looked really sloppy. Texas Tech uh, came out and looked really sloppy. They were like a 40-point favorite and barely won their game. I expect Baylor uh, to look very rusty. I do not think they will look sharp. They have a ton of new pieces. They have a new head coach. I mean, maybe this is a spoiler. I like Kansas, maybe not to win straight up, but I like Kansas to keep this as close as a Kansas-Baylor game has been in a long time. There can't possibly be a worse season to have a new head coach and lose most of your spring practice. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Baylor is going through. And now we step out of bounds. From the gridiron to the hardwood, it sounds like college basketball is set to make a return in late November. Scott, let's take a moment to pray for Kansas State. Now, to each set the stage for Kansas and K-State this season. Well, a, a real quick thought on Kansas. The Jayhawks are uh, probably not as loaded as, uh, loaded as last year, but have the chance to be a very good team. You know, Bill Self did a cameo, the thing where you can pay to have, you know, one of your coaches, I guess, talk to someone he doesn't and donates the, uh, to causes, uh, to various causes he and Les Miles both do. Uh, and he said in this video that he thinks this KU team could be as good as uh, as good as last year's team. It's kind of like the start of the preseason hype train. I have a hard time seeing that. You'll hear a lot of comments like that leading up to the season because Kansas has some very good players coming back. You talk about Marcus Garrett. You talk about Ochai Abaji. You talk about, you know, in that front court, you have David McCormick. You've got young talent, Bryce Thompson, a, a five-star prospect, McDonald's All-American, Tyon Grant Foster, a, a JUCO prospect with high hopes. There's a lot of talent on this Kansas roster. I think we're all looking to see how it fits together, how it all works out. But, you know, I expect Kansas to be a top 15 team for sure all year and have a very good chance at competing for whatever the postseason format is. If it's a Final Four, I, I think they'll have a great shot. If it's something else, I think they'll have a good shot. Now, it's going to be interesting for K-State, Scott, because they're so young. They have so many new players on this roster. It's going to be a real experience for Kansas State. And, It'll be a rebuilding process as they go through the year. Uh, but I think fans will be optimistic as the season goes on because I think they have a lot of young talent where you'll be able to see some promise there. And Out of Bounds was brought to you by Copeland's Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, now let's hear from the fans. Fitz, you want to read our question? Yep, our fan question this week is this. The Kansas offensive line was so bad against Coastal. How bad was it? Why, why hasn't Les Miles been able to bring in better players on that line? That's from Samantha in Lawrence. Look, this is an oversimplified view because Kansas should not have played as poorly as Kansas played against Coastal Carolina. Let's make no mistake about that. The turnovers were inexcusable. The line play both ways was inexcusable. But for a few years now, fans have been asking, especially when David Beatty was coach, why won't a Kansas coach pay the bill for the coach before him and just take high school only players and not go the route of JUCO prospects. David Beatty came in with the promise of doing that. And early on, he had these kind of split classes. In his last class, he took 17 junior college prospects. 
Les Miles last year, 25 high schoolers. Especially on the offensive line, those high schoolers are not going to help you in year one. You do not want them to help you in year two and probably not in year three. You want those guys being juniors and seniors. And Les Miles' 2021 class, by the way, also looks like it's going to be all high school. He's already got 21 high school names in that class. Now again, Kansas should be better. Kansas should play better than Coastal Carolina. Make no mistake, let's not confuse these things. But the answer is not, we'll just go get one JUCO player. Because what's that worth? How many wins is that worth? And let's say you even hit on that one JUCO player. Well, then why not go get another? And then another. And, well, what about that defensive line? What about that defensive backfield? You, you start doing that and you see how this program got into this place. The answer for Les Miles is what he's doing. Pay the bill for David Beatty, for Charlie Weiss. It's going it to result in short-term pain, but the goal is to build a program back, and that, that's what he's trying to do. And remember this season, those freshmen or anyone else in this program will be back next year mm -hmm. in that same grade, and it's huge when you're trying to rebuild. Good for both KU and K-State. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13, and when we return, we'll look at our predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show and now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Predictions are brought to you by Patriots Gun, Guns in Manhattan. We are worth the trip, guaranteed. And remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. And let's look at last week's results. Baylor's game was postponed, so we only have two games for you. And the Chiefs did win but did not cover. Mm -hmm. So we're all 0-2. Congratulations, fans, for joining us and being bad. Uh, we start with this week's picks. Kansas State plus 27.5 at Oklahoma. Fitz, you say? Uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. Wow. You know what? I was going to take Oklahoma. I'll switch and, and go with Kansas State. I really hope they don't have a bunch of, bunch of guys missing for this one. Yeah, I don't have a good feeling about this game even played right now. Next is Iowa State at TCU. We've got it down as a pick em. Scott, you have. Give me the Cyclones. I hate myself for it. I'll take the Frogs. What is it, like this? I don't even remember <laughs> what it is. Uh, and our last game of the week is Kansas plus 19 and a half at Baylor where the Bears win by 20 or more. Give me Kansas by 20. No, I'm just kidding. Ooh, but, ooh. but give me Kansas to cover 20. They're not going to lose by 20 points. I'll take Baylor just so that we're different. <laughs> and plus, I didn't think about it. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive. 13. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a strong local community. And let's start with Scott chasing a fog.net. You know what I'm seeing? I'm, I'm seeing something new with onside kicks, the play that never seems to work, and yet Kansas, Louisville, uh, and I believe one more team today, the uh, was it the Dallas Cowboys actually recovered three onside kicks in the last eight days, and they did it all with the same strategy. It was the slow dribbler kick where the defense, the receiving team, I guess, is paralyzed with fear. They don't want to touch it until it goes 10 yards. But hey, if you let it go 10 yards, then the other team can touch it too. Uh, for years and years, players have been taught, do not touch it, wait to see if it goes 10 yards. Teams that are kicking teams are now taking advantage of that. I love to see a change in strategy. Good for those teams. Well, Big Ten is gonna play football and we get Nebraska to thank for it. At least I'm giving them credit. And then the Big Ten gave them five top 10 teams on their schedule, or top 20 teams. Sorry, Nebraska. It's the same old story, isn't it? That's it for this week's show. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.